everybody, welcome into the Watering Hole Football Podcast. I am Dylan Lund with my co-host Colton Sorensen. Hey, what's up? Uh, off the top, so I want to, whoever's going to listen to this, I want to thank them for, you know, listening and then giving your feedback. Like a- any kind of feedback you have is very helpful. We just want to kind of put this out to, you know, some of the people that we know kind of listen in, have, have them listen to it and see kind of some maybe changes we could make or like if, you know, make sure the quality is all good and everything and just any kind of feedback you could give, that would be extremely helpful. So, And where can everybody find us? Uh, so we are on Twitter, at uh, Football Hole. <laughs> Did not choose the at to that. It just, that's what it gave us. Works out great. Uh, we also got a website. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, we don't have a website yet. We do have an email if you want to email us. It's uh, wateringholefootball at gmail.com. That's right. If you want to get in touch or message us on Facebook because the people that listen will probably have us on Facebook. Yep, we have a page on Facebook, the Watering Hole Football Podcast. You can find us there too. Yep, so uh, with that, let's get into it. So today we are just going to talk about uh, what's going on with the Vikings. Um, we feel like it's something that, you know, you guys will will enjoy. It's the hometown team, you know, just kind of go through what they've done so far, what we think they should do, you know, the rest of the offseason, upcoming in the draft and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so let's, uh, so we'll get into it. So first, um, for the uh the offseason so far they they they've released a lot of players like the it it seems like we're cleaning house yeah it seems like they just kind of you know they're kind of getting rid of a lot of a lot of guys there are definitely some guys that you know fans are going to be a little disappointed with i i do think uh it's probably good for the cap space situation Yep, we've yep. dropped. What was it like thirty thousand or thirty million in cap space at this point this year? Yeah, we're actually below the cap, which is that's not where we were at. It means we don't have to give up draft draft picks in the future for that, so that's good. Yep. Uh, just kind of running through a list here. So, um, they've released Kyle Rudolph. That's one of the ones that people are a little sad about because he good player. Uh, he was really good in the community. He did a lot of stuff with like the children's hospital. Good you know. player, better person. Yeah. But I think that one was just kind of a cap situation. He was getting a paid just a little too much for the, uh, you know, what we were using him for. I think we're, It we're, did, did come out earlier, too, that he wasn't going to take a pay cut. And I think that's good on him for standing his ground and saying that he's not going to take less pay for what he thinks he's worth. So, yeah. Uh, so the cop, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, uh, I think he signed with the giants. Good on him. He got paid. He got a lot. Has, has it gone through yet? Has he, cause I think they had some medical situation that they're talking about um, with a foot situation. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I'll check it out from what I have seen so far. It was a, it was just like a one year, I think $10 million, but I mean, Personally, I don't think like the Vikings should have kept him at like that kind of salary. Just 
the way that it, that he was being used. Um, good red zone target, but not much else. I think we want to go with a little more younger, athletic. Like you know, we have Irv Smith for a reason. We drafted him for a reason. Absolutely, I think you know, he fits fits what we want to do in our offense a little bit better. Turn him into a weapon instead of just kind of like the backup to Rudolph. Right. We want him to fit that more of a George Kittle role. Right. Doing a little bit more than just being an end zone threat. And with being a, as athletic as he is, like, you know, if we use him, if we use him right, like he could turn into a George Kittle type. I think. I hope so. Maybe not that high of an upside, or not that. I don't think he's quite. Level. He's not quite as athletic. I think he's a little limited in that sense, and he's definitely not a sixth offensive lineman in their blocking. So no. But I mean, we got we got guys behind him that can block. So like, he doesn't have to be the do it all guy. But if yeah. he can be like the receiving threat that we need him to be, be that be that weapon that can take some heat off of our wide receivers out there. Right. So then uh, they released Dan Bailey. I think that was another cap thing. Cap thing, and he didn't necessarily do great little, last year. A little year. inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, they did end up signing uh, Greg Joseph. I'm not 100%. Who? Yeah. Not 100% who that is, what, who he played for. Nope. I think he's got a leg, though. I think that's something. My guess is Zimmer's probably going to ruin him, too. That kind of seems to be his track I don't, record. Zimmer doesn't know his name yet, so I think probably that's good. Probably not. Um... They released uh, Riley Reef, another cap thing. Yep, definitely was a good player for us last year, but he probably just, he was probably our best old lineman last year. I think or so. One, yeah. of, one of the best, yeah. I don't think he. I think he gave up like two sacks, which is I'd say pretty good. Yeah, um, I know he signed with the Bengals. Yep. I don't know the number on that one, but I'm assuming it's around the twelve to thirteen. Right. I think that's about what we had him at too. Yep. It just we couldn't. We couldn't afford everybody, so that just happened to be one of the uh, one of the casualties of this year. He also was guaranteed zero money, so that means we cut all of his contract, I believe. So yeah, um, Shamar Stefan was also released. That's okay. Yeah, I I mean he was just kind of like he was a body. He was a body. He was a guy just kind of there. I didn't. I didn't mind him. I just don't think he provided what we needed from him. He's not really a three tech, and he's also not really a nose tackle. Right. So he doesn't really fit in what we're trying to do here. Right. So those are about the main ones that that we let go this year. Eric Wilson. He was released. Well, he he's a free agent this year, so I think that's that's one we should probably talk about and. Anthony Harris being gone too. That's a little more roster turnover. That those are kind of big names. That, I mean, I suppose that we should maybe those are the the leaving free agents that we didn't cut. That I think we should talk about a little bit. It's Anthony Harris being a big guy back there covering the the center of the field for us. Right. I mean, last year he wasn't as good as the year before. I think I, we we asked him to do too much. I mean, it didn't help that all of our corners are, like, second or third year, like, at the most. Like, yeah, and a lot of them struggled, I think, so. Yeah, especially early in the season. I feel like Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris had to do a lot of work in the back end just to try to make it work, and they just, I don't know, it was a, it was a rough year for the defense last year. Yeah, it's not a Zimmer defense. No. At all. But, I mean, 
it doesn't help when your best player, Daniil Hunter, is gone for the entire season. And your other guy that was a big part of what you were going to try to do in... What's, what's Michael it? Pierce. Michael Pierce, there you go. Yeah, he, uh, he opted out last year, so we, we didn't even get to see what he looks like in purple. Literally a big hole in our defensive line. He He's a big boy. Yeah, very big. And Eric Wilson, big play guy. He stepped in for both Anthony Barr and Eric Wilson, or Eric uh, Kendricks being out, and I think he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really see any, like, it didn't seem like a hindrance to the defense to have him in there. I don't think so. I think he provided the the spark that we needed. Got a couple picks, a couple fumble recoveries, and uh, yeah, it's tough to see him go, but I think we're hopefully getting Barr and Kendricks back healthy all year next year, so... Well, I think at this point, uh, Wilson hasn't signed anywhere. I don't think so, but I, I don't think we'll be able to bring him back from what I've heard, which is unfortunate, but I think there's a lot of guys in the draft that we can kind of Kind of plug him in there. And basically, as long as we stay healthy, it's not going to be a major thing if we don't get him back, I think. Right, and I like Troy Dye a lot. I think Troy Dye can kind of fit. I think he's more of a Anthony Barr style of player. But I think you can plug him into the Will side linebacker and it'll work out. So yeah. So then uh, looking at some of the acquisitions we made, two big ones. They're two of the like our our splash signings. Uh, we agreed to terms with the defensive tackle Delvin Tomlinson, formerly of the Giants. It was a two-year deal for twenty-one million dollars. Uh, worth it. Yeah, he's. He's going to fill that Linval role that we. Well, I think in him just next to Michael Pierce next year, nobody's going nobody's to run gonna up r- the middle. Nobody's going to run on us. And that is, that's the biggest issue we had last year is we we're having everybody come up to try to stop the run and they still couldn't stop the run. Right. So. <laughs> and one of the best stats that I saw about that was the, uh, I think it was like either Rappaport or Schefter. They tweeted out the, uh, the combined weight of our two defensive tackles is over like 650 pounds with the addition of Tomlinson. That's hefty. That's, that's a big middle. You are not, you're not running inside that, on us. The new Williams wall. Is that what we're building up here in Minnesota? That's kind of what it's looking like. Perfect. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good deal. And then, uh, our next signing, we, uh, we got Patrick Peterson on a one year deal, $10 million. And I think that's going to be a really good thing for our young corners. Hopefully, yeah. I think he should. you should expect him to come up and kind of fill that Terrence Newman role, kind of be that on-field coach. Yep. I mean, I mean, the guy can still play, too. Like, I think he's going to... He had a down year last year. Sure. That's something we got sure. got to look at. Maybe, I mean, he maybe is age is starting to get to him. Right. Um, That does kind of... It kind of interests me a little bit on what, what they're going to do with some of the other guys they already have, though. Because if Peterson is going to be primarily your number one corner, I, I would assume that. And then Zimmer's probably going to put his trust in Peterson to be the number one corner. Yep. On the other side is going to be Cam Dantzler. He played really well last year. Uh, sleeper in the draft, apparently. Everybody was down on him because of his speed, and uh, yep. I think he showed that he doesn't need that speed, or he has it, either yep. or. Um. But then our other draft pick from last year in the first round, we took Jeff Gladney. Who uh, had some rookie rookie issues, I think, last year. Yeah, he didn't play great. 
kind of held a lot. Uh, was a little too aggressive on some plays, and then I think he had was did he have some injury issues last year along with Dantzler? Both of them had some injury issues last year, so yeah, I don't think that helps a lot either. So yeah, um, and then kind of tying all this together, like we also signed Mackenzie Alexander back, which that's another guy that if you're trying to groom um, Gladney for the slot. I think Mackenzie Alexander's a good guy to have in there, and I think he signed for the veteran minimum. So I think that should be good. Yeah, I, I don't know the number on that one, but uh, it's just kind of the dynamic of who's actually going to play in our defensive backfield because we, we got Peterson, we got um, we got Cam Dantzler, we still have Mike Hughes, our first-round pick from three years ago, four years ago. I don't think he factors in much to that. That's my opinion. I don't think I think he's shown that he might have been on the bus side of things, which is really disappointing when you invest, you know, that first round pick into a guy that you want to turn into like a staple of your defense. And yeah, but I mean, I think it's time that you move on. If he's going to show that he can't be healthy or he can't produce on the field, it's probably it's probably better to just send him on his way at this point. Yeah. Um. We did sign safety Xavier Woods, uh, formerly of the Cowboys. So he might, he might fit in, like he might he might just replace Anthony Harrison, just be kind of a guy there. I think he's gonna kind of be just put him in the backfield and hope for the best. Kind of like a Sandeo when he was there. Hopefully, a little bit better on his feet, <laughs> and trying not maybe not trying to kill people. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, that's that's one thing that uh, we don't need, I don't think, on the back end is someone trying to just blast people. No, we just, I I mean, as long as he's, like, smart enough to kind of understand the coverages, understand where he needs to be, like, just kind of have a, a solid guy there to just he, kind of run what you need him to do. He's another guy that had a down year last year. I think he's kind of hoping to come into the Zimmer system and kind of fit in a little bit better. I mean, and Zimmer is usually pretty good at taking defensive backs and making them pretty good. I mean, look at Anthony Harris, like the guy that he's probably replacing. Like, he was an undrafted guy, right? Yep. Undrafted. Or to... sixth round? No, he was undrafted. He was, Yeah, he was undrafted. He he came in and, you know, had to, had to sit behind some people and waited his turn. And when he actually finally got to play, he was an all-pro guy. Yeah, I, so, I'm a big fan of him. I'm hoping him the best. I think we switched safeties. Didn't he go to Dallas? No, he went to the Eagles. Eagles. Okay. Who went to Dallas? Didn't one of our guys go to Dallas? I don't know. All right, moving on. Um, so upcoming in the draft, uh, what do you, you know, how do we, how do we feel about, you know, where we're at in the draft? What, 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 what can we even get to help? in the spot that we're in. Well, I think we got to look at like what the holes are in our, our team right now. I think we got a hole at possibly defensive end. If DJ Wanham hasn't stepped up, I know you have Steven Weatherly back, but he's kind of a placeholder at this point. I don't think he's that guy that you want there necessarily. I think you have uh, a guard position or a tackle position, depending on where you put Ezra Cleveland. I think that kind of affects everything. Um, possibly a third wide receiver because I don't think Chad Beebe's necessarily the guy. 
Oh yeah, we resigned Chad BB too. Yeah, cool. He, he can go away. Yep, that's fine. But I think I think there's just some filling holes on the defense as well. Maybe getting a little bit more. Maybe finding the safety for the future. Hopefully, um, maybe some uh, defensive tackles still, because I don't think there's a whole lot of depth behind the two starters at this point. And I mean the uh, the Eagles from 2017 showed that if you have you know, a good deep defensive line, like you can, you can be very successful because it just big guys get tired, man. Yeah. It's just how it is. If you got fresh guys rotating in all the time, you can be really successful with that. Yeah. So let's, let's find some depth. I think let's find some offensive linemen. Uh, I would say a tackle and a guard at this point. Don't rely on Ezra to be one or the other necessarily. Um, you need a third running back, I think. I think we should probably get a younger running back. And uh, they did also re-sign Amir Abdullah. Uh, but it, that could just be like a special teams returner kind of guy. I do think he's kind of our special teams ace at this point. Okay. So I th- I think let's start with the first round pick and just kind of talk about maybe some of the guys that might be there. Yeah, so we're we're sitting at 14. So, I mean... 14 to me is just kind of like a kind of no man's land. Like you're not going to get really top tier talent at really any position that's worth like, you know, a a decent first round pick. I think maybe we have a chance depending on how the quarterback situation turns out. If guys rush up there to get a quarterback and I think the wide receivers this year are really good and they're going to be up there. So if you get five quarterbacks that go, and three wide receivers that go ahead of us. That's eight picks down that we didn't, we weren't going to grab anyway. So I think that leaves some of the offensive linemen, some of the defensive linemen. And yeah, I think that helps us out a lot. Maybe a cornerback if Zimmer wants another first round cornerback. How about we don't? How about we just. I'm saying if Patrick Sertan is there, I don't think he passes up on it. No, he he won't, but, you know, that just makes a crowded room even more crowded. And I don't know how to feel about that. Getting younger. I mean, I get that. but Gotta uh, get those project guys, man. So uh, what what would be, like, your your best case scenario? My best case scenario is the run of quarterbacks and wide receivers go, and we decide we're going to go up there and get P. Nicewell. That is the best case scenario. Trade up if you have to. Go get that man, future Hall of Famer, P. Nicewell. How likely do you think that is? Zero. <laughs> I don't think uh, Spielman has shown that some aggressive in the first round, but but not much. No, he's more of a trade down and get seventh rounders guy. And yeah, we don't re- have any of those this year. Yeah, recently he's just like, especially recently, it's trade back, trade back, trade back. He's got to get his 10 picks, man. As long as he has his 10 picks, he's happy. I mean, at the same time, through all these years, and he's been doing it pretty much the same way his whole time. I mean, he's he's been successful at it. He's he's very good at getting those guys in like the third, the fourth round. That, you you that get those molded. bodies and you, you teach them. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of teachers on the coaching staff on our team. So I think that, that bodes well for guys like, Maybe some project guys. Maybe you feel better about your coaching staff that 
you're willing to take the project guys a little higher than some other people are maybe. Yeah. So the picks that we got this year, so we got obviously the, the first rounder at 14 overall. We got two third rounders. We got 78 and we got 90 overall. 90 is from the Ravens for the the trade with Yannick Ngakwe midseason. Yep, that we lost our second round pick in. Yep. And our third? Didn't, didn't we lose... We lost another one, too. A second and a five or a six, maybe. But then we got back a third and a five or a six. So, hey, perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. Great trade. Gotta love it. Love it. Hey, he got five sacks for us. Let's just remember that. That is about what he did. That's all he did. Uh, We do have four fourth rounders, though. Uh, That's a Spielman draft. Yeah. Get a lot of mid-round guys. Find them bodies, man. Uh, two fifth rounders and we did have a sixth rounder, but we traded him for, uh, offensive lineman from the Cardinals, Mason Cole. Cool. That's a body. I think he's a two year starter from what I understand. Yeah, he was a starter. Um, the Cardinals offensive line was not one that was, uh, touted as a, a good one. So not really sure what kind of uh what kind of production we're gonna get out of him hopefully hopefully he's just a solid backup a guy that you feel comfortable putting in if uh, your starters are out yeah and i think he played a little bit at right guard and left guard so some flexibility there that's a good backup so um i know you got a bunch of guys that you've kind of looked at and you want to some guys that you want the Vikings to at least take a look at. Some guys that you're in on. I got a lot. So why don't you go through some of them, you know, give us your thoughts on what you think they should do. Well, first of all, I think they should grab a second-round pick. At some point in the draft, there's a lot of second-round talent in here. I'm not going to go over any of those guys today because we don't have a second-round pick, but I think that's something they should probably look into. So who do you think? how do you think they should get that second-round pick? Um, Maybe trade... Harrison? I think you go for a first-round pick if you trade Harrison. I think that'd be that'd be ideal because there's a guy coming up later in the list that I think could uh, possibly replace Harrison and you'd be okay. So first off, let's start with first round. I got a couple first-round guys that I think if they're there, you take them. Um, Rashawn Slater, if he's there, you take him. Penai Suell, if he's there, you take him. Uh, those are the two that I think are pretty much no-brainers if those are the guys that are there. Uh, I think you you take those guys for sure if they're there. And uh, maybe go for some edge rushers. You got Quiddy Pay, who I think is a guy that he fits the athletic profile of what we want. Uh, big, strong, fast, pretty good guy there. Uh, Rashawn Slater is probably the best guy there. Just went over him already. Uh, Greg Rousseau, I think we're kind of fading away. He's fading down the draft order a little bit. Big dude. Big dude. 6'7", 260. Athletic? Big dude. Okay. <laughs> uh, another guard that you could possibly take is Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he he really fits the scheme that we run. He's got... Uh, 
He's long. He's six foot four. Has a little bit of tackle versatility. Uh, he moves really well. Put up, I think, thirty reps in the bench press, which is pretty good. Can he pass protect? Yes, I think. Because I mean, at this point, that's what we need. Like they, he has kind of limited reps. I think they you they run a really collegey offense, so it's a lot of quick passes and stuff. But he was definitely the best guy on their team at pass protecting. So I think that bodes well. And he plays for USC, which is... That's a big school. They go against guys. So yeah. So um, what you're saying in the in the first round, we need to either go like basically either offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Like I, offensive line or pass rusher. I think you find your trenches. That's The wars are won in the trenches. And that's that's where our team has not been very good. So I think you definitely work towards the trenches. There's some guys maybe if one of the top quarterbacks falls, I think you you think about it. You take a look at that and look in the mirror and say, hey, is Kirk Cousins your guy? But I, I feel like a lot of people aren't on the, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is our guy kind of thing. But at the same time, like, I don't think they would actually do that. I don't think they would. I don't think so either, but I think they should. They I, should, they, they should just, think about it. They'd probably just trade back. Probably yeah. just accrue more assets. Get more guys, which throw, isn't isn't necessarily a bad idea. Throw either. more darts at the dartboard because that's, <laughs> I mean, if we're honest, like that's what the draft is. It's just throw something to a wall, hope it sticks. I'm fine with that. Um, in the third round, let's look at. Uh, we have two third round picks. You want to read those off again? Yeah, we got uh, number seventy eight and number ninety. So both. Near the middle of the uh, middle to late third round, you have Ben Cleveland. Uh, he's a people mover, huge dude. Um, he's not necessarily super athletic, but he's not unathletic, and he did put up a pretty terrible bench press when he said he was going to break the bench press record. Don't think he got anywhere near it, but we're just going to pass that by because I <laughs> I really like the guy so. Is he uh, more of a tackle or a guard? Uh, he is a guard. He's not going to be a tackle kind of guy. He's got short arms. That's not gonna, not gonna be his thing. Because I mean, personally, I think you know we got our right tackle is solid. Brian O'Neill, great right tackle. Perfect. Left tackle. I mean, if you want to throw Ezra Cleveland there, maybe that'll work. I think that it really depends on how they view Ezra Cleveland because he was a really good guard last year. If you if you think you can keep him there and get value out of him, I think you do it. Yeah, but uh, I think for the most part, like the a, a majority of the pressure that got on Kirk was interior pressure. Like I, I think we need we need solid like anchor dudes in the middle. Ben Cleveland is that guy. I mean that that could be. Another guy to think about that I think they should go with the second round pick, and that's Landon Dickerson. I love that guy. Human highlight reel. Love the way he finishes his blocks. Did you see him the other day? He was doing cartwheels like two months after a torn ACL behind Mac Jones at his pro day. That's fantastic. That's a guy who loves the game. Gotta love it. That's a guy who loves the game. Um, another guy, uh, Jalen Twyman. He's a defensive tackle. I think this is a pick that you don't necessarily need, but it's a guy that he fits the three tech. He put up 40 reps in the bench press. 
strong dude. That's a lot. Terrible athletic testing numbers, but he moves really well. I said he moves a lot like Aaron Donald, and it works out because they went to the same school, so maybe I'm just helmet scouting, but he has a lot of the great hand movement and stuff that you like to see. Um, If you want to go for a backup nose tackle, possibly my favorite player in this draft is Tadaryl Slayton. I think he came out at like 364 pounds. That's a big boy. And not very tall. So it's just a mammoth of a human being. That's a guy you're not going to be able to move. No, it's not. That is, he is Linval-esque, except Linval was more strong than big. Yeah. Um, A guy that. I'm going to take a, a risk here in saying that he's my number two cornerback in the class behind Caleb Farley. If Caleb Farley wasn't injured, is Paulson Adebo, cornerback from Stanford. He is a smooth athlete, not great with the hips. Uh, six foot two, and I thought he was the best cornerback last year in the draft if he would have came out. So why isn't he getting a lot of hype this year? Didn't play this year. Stanford didn't have a season. So just because they they haven't played it all this year, like nobody's remembering that he's a good player? Well, he was a second rounder last year. I think he was talked about as a second rounder, and when you're in the back of everybody's mind as a second rounder, you're not going to be in the front of everybody's mind when they forget about you playing last year. So I think he's just kind of been, been passed by here. So that that's a guy I'd really like to see on the Vikings, and that would make it so that we don't have to draft a first-round cornerback. So I'll take that every day of the week. I would honestly be a little upset if they took a corner in the first round again. Me too, yeah. Although I think there's great talent in the first round. Sure, we got bigger holes. We have a crowded cornerback room at this point. Like, they don't need another one. Evaluate what you got. Uh, let's move to some fourth round guys, possibly. You have. I'm going to skip this guy. I'm going to wait until the end because this is my favorite guy. Okay. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. He's a running back from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. Uh, fits the scheme. He's a, he's a Dalvin-esque guy. Crazy athlete. Yep. Take a shot in the dark. Des Fitzpatrick. He's a wide receiver from Louisville. And uh, big, strong, great route runner. Uh, he's great hands. He's a guy that can be that third cornerback if you want it. Third wide receiver. Third wide receiver. Thank you. You have Ellerson Smith, edge rusher from Northern Iowa. Dude is six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pounds, and he dominated the Senior Bowl. I did watch that. I watched. Uh quite a bit of the senior bowl practices and he was everywhere. He was flying freak of nature. Uh, I think he's the small school guy this year that is probably going to get drafted higher than everybody thinks he is. Uh, you have another edge guy from Florida state is Joshua Kando. He is across from Janarius Robinson. He's another edge guy that has super long arms from the senior bowl. And Kando is a guy that was a very highly touted prospect coming out of high school and just kind of had terrible coaching, I would say. Okay. Not bad coaching, but 
terrible coaching at Florida State. And then my guy, the guy that I think could replace Harrison Smith this year, is Tyree Gillespie. He is... So I'm an Alabama fan, unfortunately. It's hard to be an Alabama fan. Oh, I'm sure it's super difficult. Yeah, it's real hard. Winning all those championships. And so when I watched Alabama play against Missouri, which he plays for, I wanted to watch my Alabama wide receivers tear up the secondary, Najee Harris running over people. And all I saw was Tyree Gillespie tackling everybody, tipping balls, just being a human highlight reel. And ever since then, I fell in love, and I love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. I have heard his name come up in the a little more mainstream stuff recently, so he's getting he's getting some looks. People are finding him. People are seeing what he's all about. Not necessarily a day one guy, but I think he he would be just fine filling the Harrison Smith role of playing around the line of scrimmage, and dropping back every now and again. If we decided to trade Harrison for whatever we could get. First round pick? I think he's worth it. Probably, but... Has no guaranteed money on his contract. That's valuable. He he can be a trade asset. I'm still curious, like, what kind of... Like, would there even be a lot of teams interested in Harrison Smith? Like, who... Who needs a safety? Like who? Who has a hole that's that bad that they need a safety like Harrison Smith? Nobody does, but Harrison Smith fills any role you need. He can be a rusher off the edge. He can be a linebacker for you, basically, and he covers pretty much better than anybody else that has played in the last couple of years. As a safety. As a safety, yep. Yeah. So that's that's my list of guys that. I kind of like for the Vikings. They kind of fit the scheme, kind of guys that might be there when they're drafting. Do you have any more guys that you have that you want to throw in there? Um, so I haven't, I haven't watched a whole lot of tape on players, but um, I have looked at some wide receivers because I'm a guy that I like fun picks. I like fun players. I, I, I think... Like, I'm the guy that in the first round, if there's like a top, you know, top two or top three wide receiver in this draft. So you're looking at Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith and you're going, bring me that guy. Yeah, why not? Or if Kyle Pitts falls, you know, like something like that. I like fun picks. Kyle Pitts is pretty good. He's okay. So uh, a guy that I like, he's from Florida State, Tamorian Terry. Hey, bad coaching. He, he's like six foot four. He's kind of lanky. But the dude is fast. He's really Did, fast. Didn't he, he run like a four four at his pro day? Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen any anything from his pro day. I thought he ran like a six four or a four four at his pro day at six foot four. That's that's he's, really good. Yeah, I mean, so he's six four and probably about two hundred. So he's he hasn't quite filled out his frame, but he's a big guy. He can go and get it. And he's a deep threat. Like, I, I think having the threat of a dude that can just blow the doors off you, like, I think that would help, you know, the rest of the rest of our offense. That is, uh, that I kind of want a guy like that. That's valuable. If you can stretch the field vertically, it gives you more space everywhere. Right. 
that's something and we run a zone vertical offense so and what i mean by that is we run a zone running scheme that moves our offensive linemen around a lot and then we stretch the field vertically we get that four seconds in the pocket deep shot and that's what kirk does really well so i think he He does like people don't really give him i i think people don't give kirk enough credit for what he actually does really well and like throwing deep he is great one of the best deep balls in the league without a doubt he's really good on play action he's he's really good at i mean kirk is just a lot better than people give him credit for i do not think he's gonna win us a super bowl though probably not so i I feel like i'm in the camp of he's not the guy maybe we should try to move on I mean, I'm more in the camp of it's it's not necessarily Kirk as the problem. I mean, even if that's not what you're saying, like I, I feel like you're not saying that Kirk is the problem. No, I don't think Kirk is the problem. I just think we've kind of reached the ceiling of what we can become with Kirk. Right, and I I personally feel like that's a Zimmer problem. I think 2017 was the plateau of Zimmer. Like, he's a great coach. He builds a great defense. But, like, just his old-school kind of you know, kind of hard-nosed style of football. Like, that's just, it's kind of getting phased out of the league. And I think we're just, we're not we're not keeping up with the modernization of the league. We become stale. Yeah. We, we don't have the, first of all, our offense could be incredible. And it was. It was very productive last year. But it could be better. It could be better by just changing stuff up, not running the same plays every week. And I think our defense could use a little bit more fun maybe i don't like we have a good defensive system zimmer's really good at defense sure but change it up a little bit i mean i don't think last year was a good no you know, La- last year a, a we were good missing year to judge by we were missing everybody that we needed at that point yeah basically so that's hard to say but you want those playmakers on defense like we had eric right. wilson and that was pretty much it last year i mean maybe that kind of was a reason to go and get like a Patrick Peterson. I, like e- even I hope if he's, so. even if he's on like the back end of his of his career, he can still be a guy that can make plays. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick Peterson is a Hall of Famer? Probably, yeah. Uh, so anytime you add a Hall of Famer to your team, I think that's a pretty good signing. I think he knows the game, he can process the game faster, which you don't need as much speed when you can process the game faster. Right. Which means he gets to the ball faster than all the young guys, even though he's slower than them. Right. I don't know. Overall, I mean, I guess just kind of like every year, you know, you're just kind of optimistic about your team. You want them to, you want them to do well. You want to. You First, first year, eight and nine. Eight and nine? Eight and nine. 17 game season, man. Eight and nine. It's going to look weird on the scorecard. Yeah, I don't like that. No, don't like it either. But, hey, more football. <laughs> yeah. That's how they're selling it. More football. I don't know. I, I, I'll i probably do the same thing that I did last year where I – last year I said that they'd go 10-6. and six. I thought that they were going to be a good team. So are we going 10-7 and seven or 11-6? and six? Which one is it? Well, but I what I'm saying is I'm probably going to – you know, oversell a little bit and probably get a little too hyped about it because it's my team and I feel like we're good because we have a lot of good players. Like, we have so many talented players. 
It's just they could never figure out how to put it all together. I think our our division didn't get better, so that's good. No, I mean, we got to see what happens in the draft. I definitely don't think the Lions are going to be necessarily great. and No, they're kind of cleaning the house, too. I don't think the, they'll be really... The Bears QB1 now, and Andy Dalton's not necessarily... The epitome. He's the epitome of average. He's not scary, that's no. for sure. I mean, it'll... it'll I think again it'll be a a race between us and the Packers, just which is fine, which is I, normal. I was I would wish we were kind of racing for the back end because I don't think we're a Super Bowl team this year. So I'm a lose or win it all kind of guy. Yeah. If you're not gonna win, then let's maybe try to lose a little bit. But I mean, in a way, that's kind of where I was halfway through last season. Like they were at a point where they were one and six. One and seven? Yeah, not good. So why not just why not just keep going with it? Like Give up on your dreams sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> so anything else you want to hit today before we before we call it a day? Um, no, I think that's about it. I think we should probably say thank you to anybody that listened to this for our very first podcast. Uh, let us know how it went. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to us any way that you can. Um, we we love feedback. We we want to make this thing at least listenable. So let us know what we can do to make that happen. And uh, see you on the next one. Yeah, thanks.